Hey, you guys, can you hear me? If you can hear me, can you uh, throw an emoji or type something in the chat? Okay, you can hear me. All right. For some reason, I can't hear any kind of videos or anything like that. So when I'm trying to play the audio, I can't hear anything. So I was making sure y'all could hear me. So good, good. You guys can hear me. All right. Just waiting on Shaka. Uh, we're going to We normally have our intro, but I'm trying to figure out why the audio isn't going through on Colin. So I'm just going to talk for now. Um, but we were going to do a interview live on Facebook. But Facebook Live wasn't working for Shaka. Um, and then I, I actually tried to make a video to tell everyone to come to the podcast tonight, and it was silent. So I looked it up, but couldn't hear what I said. But I don't know, man. Technology's not that great today on my end. Hey, Shaka, how's technology for you today? Hey, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. You good. Okay. Um, technology... Um, you know, I did I did do a Facebook Live, but it wouldn't allow me to add people. So it was still people trying to get on um, when mm. I just did a, a Facebook Live, um, and I couldn't add them. So yeah. weird, 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 real fun, but but yeah. So no intro, but so if you can hear each other, that's great. So today, uh, Shaka's going to interview me, and then. After that, we'll have an open forum. You guys want to come up? You can. And um, ready to take on his questions whenever he is ready to throw them. Oh, <laughs> don't make it seem don't make it seem so bad. <laughs> <laughs> she making it seem like all right. I got this interview real quick. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> but um, no, I want to I want to thank everybody that um, all the listeners that um, came um, came in tonight. As far as the ones that's about to come or the ones that's going to listen on the recorded shows. Uh, we appreciate you. I know Donnie does. She's, you know, yes. like she's dedicated to y'all. So that's why I wanted to actually interview her. Um, you know, and it's not, I don't even really want to call it an interview. We just, we just need to get to know her better. It's like, it's a lot of new people that, you know, um, we, we love her spirit. We love what she stands for. And, you know, sometimes you got to ask certain questions, which, um, I don't know if you want me to do it or, you know, or I can do it or you can do it, but, I'll share yours or you want me to share mine, but I'm, I want people to actually have questions ready for you as well that I didn't ask. So we, we still want people to participate. That's in the listener, yes. uh, listener spot, even if you don't want to come up and you want me to read it, you know, like I said, you can do it that way as well. If you want to come up and ask it, uh, we can do it that way as well. But we do, you know, like I said, if you could do it for me, um, please have a question ready, you know, just any question, uh, make sure that is not, you know, it, make sure it's appropriate. You know, don't, we don't, we don't want no, no rated R stuff up here. You know, make sure <laughs> that it's appropriate. And, um, you know, and it pertains to, you know, just her makeup as a person. So, uh, you know, I know when you say ask questions, people can get a little bit weird. I've been there before, but, um, so <laughs> I, I just want to start off by, you know, saying thank you for allowing me to do this. And my first question is, as a black woman growing up in the black family, what was your family makeup on politics? Uh, they didn't talk about it at all. And um, I had no idea what their political leaning was or anything like that. But they did always have the TV on. And there was news on and stuff. I would see it, but I would listen to it because it was boring. But 
other than that, they really didn't even discuss politics. I actually, my first paycheck I got, they had a bunch of taxes taken out of it. And I thought something was wrong and I wanted them to fix it. And they said, that's his life. That's, that's taxes. You pay for it. So kind of grew up with the, just take it. And I, I didn't like it. So I, I wanted to figure out how I can fix it. Cause I took too much of my money. So my parents, I guess, are more like, okay, whatever the system says. And me, I'm kind of like, um, how can I change it? I don't like it, you know? Okay, so your family was kind of like my mom's side of the family. My mom's side of the family, um, I don't think they they voted for nobody. Like, I'm just going to be honest. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they voted for anybody. Like, you know, some people, they don't get to say that. They're like, okay, you know, my dad voted for this person. My mom voted for this person. Uh, my mom's side, they were kind of, I guess it's a blessing in disguise because I didn't get programmed that way. You know, so mm-hmm. we didn't, you know, you can look at it as, okay, my family was uh, politically on my mom's side, was politically illiterate as far as they wasn't informed on politics. They really didn't care. It's kind of like the system is what the system is, and that's that. So I can see a connect with that situation as far as and the, the eagerness to actually learn the system. So um, I can I can vouch for that that, you know, like I said, that did spark up something later on down the line. So your family didn't deal with politics. What age around did you start saying, okay, I'm going to start voting or was you swayed to vote? Well, I paid attention ever since I was old enough to vote, but I didn't like anybody. So I did not vote for anybody until Trump. Damn, we just cut off all my other questions. <laughs> he just went. <laughs> I, right. I, you know what though, I did like Ron Paul though, but I kind of fell for the they, oh, they they're scared. taking away votes. Yeah, they yeah. scared. They scared us from um, looking at Ron Paul when Ron Paul was been the safest. I remember that mm-hmm. time period. Uh, they scared us from looking at him. They were like, oh yeah, he's a racist. You know, they did the same thing with the Trump um, situation where they, you know, they labeled him as a racist. And, and mm-hmm. they pushed that, pushed that so we wouldn't look into Ron Paul. Um, now that I'm older and I listen to Ron Paul, um, he probably the only person I heard that got sense of, you know, yeah. as far, <laughs> like, I'm just going to be, he's probably the only person that got sense. And I mean, from beginning to end. Um, you mm-hmm. know, so I, I see why they, they, they deemed him as, and then they went from racist and went to calling him a dingbat, like he was crazy. You know, so it was like I seen what they did with that. They used the race card and then they used the crazy card with them. So um, start paying attention more to that when they start labeling people crazy and racist. Um, yep. You know, just look just look into what their policies are. Um, you know, I don't I don't you know, like I said, as far as this is not endorsing anybody. But I'm just saying as far as whenever they they label that person that they know that the masses won't look into that person or give that person the time of day. Uh, to get their vote. So can I add, can I add one more thing? Yeah. This could be yeah. ignorant of me in a sense because you know when I grew up, I grew up in Indiana, predominantly white, and you know black people. Everyone spoke English. There wasn't hardly any diversity up there. Um, when I, and I moved to Texas, culture shock. You know, so many different kind of people, different languages, all this. But um, when Barack Obama was running for office, I was thinking. That he, I was like, why is his name that name? But he, they say he's black. I was like, he ain't black. What is he? 
I, I don't know if that was ignorant of me as a, as a youngin, but I was just like, I don't know anybody black with that kind of name. Those are some questions I had in my head, but I, I don't know. When everyone was like, oh, he's black and all excited, I was just thinking, um, but he's not, though. Where's that name from? You know, that was my mindset then. I think I was like, I, I wasn't even 21 yet, I think. I don't think that's ignorant of you. Um, just just so I can um, expand on what what's used, um, you know, just some of the he's not technically black. Um, you know, like I said, as far as his dad is uh, from Nigeria, his mom is, you know, is a white lady. You know, let's let's keep it what it is. Um, he doesn't have any connect to the black community as far as black families in America besides the family that he created or the ones that they manufactured for him. He doesn't, you know, he didn't grow up with, you know, our cousins Tyrone and Keisha and, and, and you know, Daquan. He, and, he wasn't you know. at the cookouts. No, no, he definitely wasn't. So, you know, it, so when the black community actually championed him, and then look at his policies that was for us. And I look at them with a straight face and say, yeah, his policies are not for us because he can't, he, he can't fit our shoes. Um, you know, like I say he didn't grow up the way we grew up. He didn't have to go through those, you know, so basically I'm going to be honest and just going, like you said, I speak out of ignorance, but not really ignorance. He's basically a white dude, you know, like I'm just going, when it comes to looking into the African American community, he was only used when they brought him to Chicago. He was only used as a platform to get into the community by grassroots. So he really has no um, connection to the black community. They brought him out of nowhere. Uh, his family is overseas um, in Nigeria or wherever they at um, for, the, for the most part. And it's like these are the things that they use in America as far as they bring in uh, people that look like us, but they're not us, but they get calculated on our black on black, you know, crimes, our black on black murders and black on black anything. But they're technically not black Americans. So this is something that keeps the stats up, you know, where, you know, they'll put a whole bunch of Somalians in, in a certain group and then label them as black. And then we get that on our statistics. It's like this is this is how they they use proxy. I'm just going to call it proxy folks. But. I'm glad you mentioned that because it, it it went to a learning experience for somebody that wanted to learn. But I don't think that was ignorance from you. I think you understood that. Yeah, that wasn't our typical. <laughs> that wasn't our typical <laughs> black man up there. So I, I get it, and I know you understand it as well. So hopefully, other folks get it down there. But um, thank you. So when I don't want to ask your age, I'm not going to do that right now. When Barack was running was were you old enough to vote yes okay so you you didn't take the because it was a lot of hype like i remember that time like it was rock was a he was a rock star and and you didn't take the bait for it no i was i was watching the primaries and he wasn't very good and then um they were all hillary was attacking him and I was like, oh, wow, how all of a sudden this guy get through because he's black? Like, I really thought that in my head because him and Hillary and Biden all was running up against each other during that primary. And so I was like, I really didn't care for him. Didn't say he somehow beat Hillary. And then um, then him versus Kane and, and Romney, I just like I didn't like any of them. And they're all liars. 
And I'm just like, I, I, I didn't vote for none of them. I didn't like them. I was like, what was the point of voting for them if I'm, if I'm just voting for my own downfall? Like, <laughs> I didn't vote until Trump. Well, so, well, I want to take my hat off to you because I know I didn't vote, but a lot of us, a lot of us got dragged. A lot of us got into that <laughs> hype. Uh, they, they really, they really like, you know, saturated us with, um, I don't, I know you remember the voter die and everything else. Like they really went full speed on the black community as far as voting for, um, Barack. Like the media went full, full, you know, charge. So last, I take my hat off to you. I gotta, I gotta, you know, give credit when credit's due that you didn't fall <laughs> off the trap. Um, uh, so. That takes out some more questions. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, you brought that up. So no, no Barack, no Hillary, no nothing. It just went straight Trump. Um, yeah. What made you look at Trump? I actually wasn't looking at him first. He was the last option. It was him or Hillary. And so I actually liked uh, Rand Paul more okay. than him. That- I don't think that's a bad, that wouldn't been a bad choice either, but. So, so so I already didn't like Hillary because of the whole Obama thing. Then she was a part of the administration and I was like, I could not wait till we got him out of office because it was, I don't like people telling me what I need to pay for. I already have all these bills. I'm like, I just feel all this anxiety from all that because I'm like, look at my money. I'm looking at what the government's trying to tell me to do. And it's like, I need someone to leave me alone. And it wasn't going to be her. And I actually was cheering that she didn't win. Because I'm like, she's lying. And I heard about Haiti and all these other things. And she doesn't care about people. And I'm just like thinking how this lady, no one like cared about Hillary Clinton at all. till the whole Monica Lewinsky stuff came out. And then how could she have been popular after the fact? She wasn't like the other, the Kennedy. She wasn't like the other first ladies. So I feel like it was this was a setup. And her and Monica and Bill all did this on purpose to give her some clout. So when she won, when they, when he's out of office, then she can run for office and be in office again and pave her way to the White House. Like, I feel like it was all planned because Hillary was a nobody until her husband was cheating in the Oval Office. And this is, and they did this at his, at the end of his last term. Or they could have done this earlier. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that lady's, that lady is a psychopath, narcissistic psychopath. So to basically grasp on to what you're saying, which I have, I am in agreement with you. What made Hillary Clinton get a platform was Monica Lewinsky and the scandal with Bill Clinton. That's what brought her to mm-hmm. the spotlight of, of, you know, I guess you want to say America's community. Correct? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, that's, I, I take it like that because you didn't hear about Hillary until that like as far as on the mainstream household name mm-hmm. you did not hillary name did not come up until you you know until she had to go through that you know the scandal and then everybody felt bad and it's like oh she stood by her man and you know it's like i remember that as being young mm-hmm. I, I remember that and it's like you know that's what a real marriage they try to which you know hey you know nowadays <laughs> nowadays the climate is different than what it was back then Back then, you know, they, they they made it that marriage was sacred. You know, it's like okay, if somebody messed up, 
um, you know, still stick by your man. Nowadays, they're like, you know, run them over. It's like, <laughs> you got these feminists now, you know, like I said, on the left. We're talking about the left. I'm talking about the left, how the left drastically changed from, you know, okay, you're supposed to work it out with your man. That's what a household's for, marriage is for, ups and downs. That's the message that they were pushing at the time of the Bill Clinton situation. Now they don't have that same message. And it's like, you know, that's why I said run them over because it's like you ask somebody now that happens, that's what they're going to be yelling, you know. So um, just showing you how drastically, you know, um, how marriage was sacred and, you know, and, and need to be worked on until now of uh, uh, the agenda that they push now where marriage is, is nothing and, and is, you know, like I said, it's worthless. So I just want to make sure that we pointed that out. Um, so you looked at Trump and you said, all right, you know, this is better than, you know, this is better than Clinton. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with this. Yes. I literally said, um, I'm hearing the man is racist, but I did not hear him say that he wasn't giving tax breaks to us. He said, we all getting it. So that's that's literally what I was thinking because I I heard the racist stuff at first and then. I looked before I believed things, but I was like, before I looked, I was like, hey, he's lowering taxes. It didn't say black people excluded, so I was for it. So we we (laughs) feel the same way. Um, I I start, what made me look into Trump more was that my community was saying, don't watch the rallies because he's racist. So Mm -hmm. me, with my attitude, it's like, if you tell me, hey, you know, don't listen to Donnie Shook. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my <laughs> finger on my chin and say, let me go listen to see what she said. So you know, that's what got me is I went over there and I listened, and the same thing that you just said, the stuff that he was offering, it wasn't just ex- you know, it didn't exclude black people. It was for white, brown, everything, you know. So it's kind of like, all right, let me listen to the racist part. Where is it? Y'all got it? You know, mm-hmm. and I started seeing that they were using clips, they would use sound, you know, sound bites to try to prove or to make up a narrative. And, you know, like I said, as far as that narrative was something that they created. And it was like, nah, I listened to the actual, you know, I used to talk to my parents and I'd be like, I listened to the actual, you know, um, the whatever they call it, the rally. And I said, he didn't say none of that. They clipped that into that. So you had the media Mm -hmm. that was strictly lying. So I said, okay, if the media is going after this man, I'm going to support this dude regardless. So I go against whenever the media is going against you, I'm going to try to support you. That's just how I look at it now. And you got to yeah. look the other way. Um, so after Trump came into office, so you voted for Trump. Um, that's when you decided I got to go with that's when you decided to um, to look into politics more and further teaching or. I already was paying attention. Later? I was already paying attention. You know, I was trying to talk to people about it. People didn't care about it before. Um, it was like pulling teeth, get people want to have a discussion. And then Trump came in the in the mix. And everyone, celebrities, athletes, everyone's talking about Trump. So everyone, all of a sudden, were experts. Um, by the way, I registered to vote so I could vote for Trump. And then I convinced my ex at the time to, vote, to register as well. Um, so we so we can vote for them because we look at our taxes and we're like nah. And I I became a huge fan when he got rid of that mandatory tax for the um, Obamacare, where if you didn't have uh, insurance, they're going to tax you a fee a fine for not having it. So um, yeah, I was jumping on board quickly. I saw my money changing. 
I, I was seeing that that rules, certain little rules were going away. I was seeing things change in the in the going in a good direction, and I became a very big supporter of Donald Trump. And he actually motivated me to start speaking up. Now everyone's talking about it. Now everyone can listen to me talk about it now because before they didn't have any interest. They didn't care until the media told them to care. I never heard of Nancy Pelosi or any of those little those whack jobs before until Trump. Uh, he really made me look and pay attention to who the enemies were and the ones who were yelling and barking the loudest man. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're pretty bad people. I've never even heard of them. I should have heard of them a long time ago. To add on to uh, your response. Yeah. A lot of those people that you, that got exposed during the Trump administration, when you look how long that these people have been into politics, mm-hmm. you start to see that, you know, it's a pattern of this is how they were they were trying to destroy America. So this is what made me when Trump said make America great again, our community was saying, Oh, he's talking about slavery, he's talking about putting us back in chains. <laughs> you 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 remember that, right? Like yeah, I heard them doing that. I didn't say all that, but I heard others doing it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I know you didn't say it, but I'm talking about that's what they were, <laughs> you know, they were like, Oh, when has it ever been great? And I'm like Okay, you know, as the black community, you know, we're part of America. We did have, you know, great things in our history. Like to believe that, you know, being black in America, we didn't have no great history. You know, that's where that's where I drew the line. At. It's like, yeah, I know it's rough, but it's like we 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 got golden points as far as looking at history as, as the black community. So it's like, let's make it great again because we are part of that community as well. We we are American. At the end of the day yeah, but well. you know they want they want to take that away from us, and we allow it because we sit there and say, "Oh yeah, we're not a part of that. We're not a part of that culture. Oh, that's white people stuff. That's not that's not us." And when we know this country is here for us too, and it, and they erase our history, they change people's names, and backgrounds are missing, uh, records are missing, and it's kind of hard to figure out where you you completely identify as because they don't want you to know that you're American here, just as American or even more American than the people that are here now. That they want to convince you not to claim the land as yours. This is ours too. I agree with you, and I I think we'll save that for another day. <laughs> that, oh yeah, that was Sorry. that was a, that was <laughs> no. I'm just saying that was a, um you know that's a topic that um I've been having for my mom taught me that my mother mm. you know at and I'm talking about at a at a young age. Um, yes, you know, I, I looked into, you know, African history and everything else, but it's like, you know, we were, you know, when, when she showed us pictures of our, of our family members and everything else, these, you know, I ain't going to get deep into it. Anyway, I'll, I'll keep it moving. Let's, let's move forward. But, um, you know, the pictures were, they were Indian folks, but they looked like me. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, that goes back to the history being, you know, destroyed and everything else. And they want you to believe that all these tribes looked a certain way and they didn't. All the tribes were not just the Indians that they show us today. A lot of the Indians that were, were knocked off and, and massacred as well, they were black folks. So that's what that's the that's the big secret of, you know, as far as destroying history and making the black community not love America. Like when you ask the black community, do they love America? They're going to say no. You know. And and if you're if you're blessed enough that your family took pictures and had pictures and, and albums of their family, your heritage, you have that, you know, 
to look at, you know, some people's families didn't have that, couldn't afford it, or it got destroyed, something. And if you're not doing it now with your family, I would really suggest doing it now because this is, these can be ways your people can identify where they come from instead of having to say, hey, go to industry.com and figure out where your family's from when you have the pictures to prove it. Or I was blessed enough, you know, for my great great grandmother to be alive and me to see her, Native American, have white and look at her and how, how she carried herself and, you know, it's just and her hair and oh, her hair was so silky and, and curly too. And I would like brush her hair for her. It was fun, but I'll, I'll get back. I'll reel it back in. But it's just a blessing to be able to just see your history. And no one can take it from you. Yeah, the same thing that you that you just said. As far as um, I did a uh, I did one of my most you know, and there's a lot of people that's in here that follow me. One of my most emotional uh, videos I've done was about my great grandmother. Um, you know, how you mm. just mentioned it, her hair and everything else. But um, she would have the scars uh, for picking cotton. And, mm-hmm. you know, and she would still have, you know, um, the webs on her back and arms and legs from um, the whips. So some people think that it's far-fetched. And it's like when we talk about slavery, that is so long ago. It's not really that long ago. You know, like it, it wasn't that long ago. But we make it feel like it was so long ago. But it's like when you mention the silky hair and everything else, that brought me back into that situation. But um, mm. it's a lot of, you know, like I said, a lot of history has been destroyed. And, you know, so th- that's why I wanted, to, I wanted to see your, you know, your thoughts on that. This is not divisive or anything else. It's more of it, education. Um, yeah. And education for, you know, like I said, a lot of people that's in here, no matter what color you are, uh, it's, it's something that we should look into as a collective. And, uh, you know, like I said, just grow from it. I don't think, you know, nobody's trying to take no money out your pocket or nothing like that or come, come take your house or your car. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just like, you know, if you know history, you know that you have liars in history, just how we have liars today. You know, like, yeah. you know, they tell you that all Trump supporters are racist, you know, and, and that's that right there should make you. And that's that's going to be your history. So like it or not, a lot of white people that's in here, that's Republican and Trump supporters. You, I don't think all you guys are racist, but history is gonna gonna paint you as that. So now you got to start asking how accurate history is now when you see who right. likes. Yeah, you, it's like don't tell me about history if you're not going to challenge history. You know, so do I believe everything in history? No. Uh, will I study it still? Yes. Um, you know, will I look for an alternative? You know, um, a counter. You know, a, a counter rebuttal or anything that dispute was what is said. Of course. So I think a lot of us need to open up more. Um, we can't we can't turn back the hands of time. We can only control what we do today. So right. I heard a rumor about you. This is. Oh. I heard that you, you know, after you, you voted for Trump, you say, you know what? I want to run for politics. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I just want I just want to know was that a rumor? Like you know, cause somebody somebody whispered that to me. They said, you know, she ran for politics. I said, oh, did she? <laughs> so, I did. Okay, so when you ran, first off, what did you run for? And if you want to say that, or and where you know where did you run for, and what did you run for? I ran for mayor of Arlington. Texas. So she didn't. She didn't take no cheap seat. She didn't do supervisor. She didn't do you know. 
she said, I, you know what? I can do this. I want to be mayor. Why not? And, you know, like I said, me and a lot of people in here, we love that drive because it's like, who tells us who our mayor is going to be? What makes what makes me feel that you're not able to be the mayor when you care about the people? See, these are the things that we get caught up in. Um, I guess you want to say resumes or accolades um, of who's running when I would take somebody like you that actually cares about the Constitution and actually cares about the people over somebody that's been the sheriff for 19 years or, you know, mm-hmm. the head of this. Like we get caught up in that. That's what that's what deters people from voting for good people that genuinely right. care about somebody because their credentials are not the same as the person that they're running against. So what that experience, could you tell me about that? Was it something was it something that I know it was rough. It had to have been. Um, oh, it was, but, it was. Uh, it was rough. I didn't think it was going to be fun. Um, but um, I learned a lot. I, I learned a lot about um, how local politics work. I learned that there's groupies uh, that support different political candidates and groups of establishment members, and they will go and destroy their their, their um, person they're going up against if it's a primary. I didn't have a primary because during these kind of elections I was in, uh, there is no party affiliation. But I sit there and watch them destroy and try to embarrass a pastor, preacher, and, and uh, condemn his church um, for running against an establishment candidate in Fort Worth for mayor. I, I watched all of it even while I was running, what was going on. And um, I learned that people will assume that just because you supported Trump that you're somehow a homophobe, a, a racist or anything. They, this, if they put you in a category, they just put you in that category and they'll go and lie on you and tell people this stuff. And people get mad at you because they think that you hate them. And you just have to be like, can you please show me where I, you see me? I've said that. And they'll be like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't. Someone told me that lie. And it's, it's very messy. But here's another thing. If you are, I guess, enough of a threat, they're all mess with your livelihood. You can lose everything. They can deem you anything they want to. That is true or not. And our one problem we have is we listen to the news. And they only tell one side of the story. They don't tell your side. They don't have you getting up there and telling them what happened. So we have to be careful in what people say about other people and uh, when it comes to the news um, and what people want to put out. But they'll target you. Um, I knew I'd be targeted, but I didn't know it was like that, you know, <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's, it's made me a lot stronger and it's made me want to learn a lot faster and help more. It's made me realize that I'm not going to run anymore. I see the party system is a failure. Um, it's, it's corrupt and it was made to be corrupt from the beginning. Um, so I can, I can no longer say that I can ever support any kind of, um, a party moving forward. I can only look at people and people who actually care about the Constitution and our rights and liberties. But, um, yeah, I, I learned that the Republican Party also helps the Democrat Party get people into office because, you know, backside deals. Like, when these elections are us voting for people. These elections are us looking like we're voting for people and the establishment negotiating behind closed doors who's actually getting the seat. That's what I've learned. Okay, so you... I like you and I dislike you right now um, because I asked you a question. Then you answer like two of my questions after 
you know, my setup. Oh. Like, my bad. You good, you good money, but it's just the fact that I, I like the way that you, um, you, you, you explain things in detail. So now I don't really have to ask the other two questions because you already detailed, uh, broke that down. So you said something, um, that I think went over a lot of people's heads. And I'm just assuming that it did because I know people don't listen to detail, detail. Um, you said that some of the Republicans and Democrats, they actually work together to get each other uh, elected. That is true. Yes. Yep. OK, so I agree with you. Um, and I think that's where I think we agree with no parties. Um, once you have a party, both, both of these parties are the same party at the end of the day. Like it's, it's the same, it's the same gang. It's the same, uh, fraternity. It's the same club. Uh, when you're, when you're the outsider, this is when, you know, when you had the Ron Pauls and stuff like that, you're the outsider. And that's when they try to, uh, throw you, let's say to the wolves. If, if you're, if you're running against them, how you just ran, uh, for mayor, I'm pretty sure they was gunning for you, looking at your record, trying to find anything to expose you. And you got to realize that it's both parties doing it. It's the people that's your opposition and it's the people that you're running to get that position to run against the other opposition. As far as, you know, um, the Republicans going after you as well, because you can potentially move them out their seat. So when you when the primaries do start or, or you know, whatever the election do start, now you didn't kick them out of, out of the seat that they wanted. So now you were the enemy to move you out the way. So they work in ways where in different districts and counties and zones, they'll put a weak person in position on purpose, not a weak person like saying you're weak because you care about the people. So that's that's scary to them. A weak person that's going to lay down on purpose and let the other party win uh, that goes on. That's normalized more than more than what we know right okay like i said as far as i just wanted to make sure people understand that's why you know i don't deal with parties before you even said this and i'm pretty sure that's why you are skeptical of party um what you call them um loyalists um you know like i said as far as mm-hmm. that's that that's what that's how they beat us every time at the election box is we think that we're voting for somebody that's on our side because they have that party. Um, they have that party, I guess, affiliation, but they're really not for us because they're working with the other side as well and they have the agenda. So I just want to say thank you for, um, you know, exposing parties because I, I notice a lot of people don't do that on Twitter or on the internet because once you go against a party, you start losing sponsorships, you start losing donors and, and things and such. So that was one thing why I gravitated to you uh, more was that I seen that you wasn't compromised with party. So I, that's my, you know, that's that's my flowers I'm giving you as far as it's hard <laughs> to be out here. And um, it's easy to, to, to go along, to get along, but it's hard yes. to actually say, you know, I'm doing this for the people. I'm doing this for, you know, I believe in the Constitution. Um, just because people are Republican or Trump supporters doesn't mean that they, they rock with the Constitution. So I just right. want to say thank you. Thank you. You know, it was a lot more fun when it was MAGA than it is now. <laughs> it was fun when you realize, you know, everyone is like, yes, we agree on everything right now. And we're all trying to come together and convince everyone else. And it's just like, this isn't fun because it's like both sides. Like, what do you think you're doing? 
<laughs> right, exactly. So, no, nah, I'm happy. I'm happy that we had the Trump era. Um, a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I think you know. Like I said, as far as it doesn't matter if you think he's bad or good today, uh, it was an awakening for a lot of us. Um, mm-hmm. I know in the black community, um, you know, this is a story that's not told to the white Republicans. In the black community, a lot of people like Trump, and that's why that's why they had to cheat him the second term. If, if it if it wasn't like that, then they wouldn't have to cheat him the second term. But the black mm-hmm. community actually loved Trump. Like this was the most money we was we was out here getting money. We was getting money under Trump. We was happy. We was cool, you know. But you know, you have some people. Don't get me wrong. That was tied to the Democratic Party, but it was a it's it's the minority of the minority. It wasn't all of us speaking. All of us knew that Trump was about his money, and we loved the fact that if it was time to go to war with another country, he would threaten them. He was like, hey, you know, he say that again, we, we're going to have some problems. So those were things that we glorified about him. So when I see this narrative that the black community didn't like Trump, I always disputed that narrative because it's not really true. Um, you know, so I, I just want to say um, a lot of people now are um, looking at the Biden administration and we're understanding that, yeah, they're not really for us, which I hate that he's in that seat. And I hate that people have to see, you know, we, we're getting punished for the deeds of, of not knowing or not standing up because of the election. So my next question for you is how when you seen the election being stripped, how did you feel about it? Like, what was your like, you know, I know a lot of us, I had anxiety. I'm like, these motherfuckers are really about to cheat us. Like, it was, it was like yeah, like. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I seen it and they was like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll have, you know, uh, election night. They was like, oh, we'll have the results for you probably tomorrow. I'm like, tomorrow? Like, when they start doing this? Like, you know, I remember when results gave to you that night. You might yes. have been a little bit late, but it was given to you that night. So right. how did you, could you, could you tell me how you felt at that time? Oh, I took it personal because I was knocking doors for Donald Trump. I went to different, uh, huh? I said me too. Oh, and I had uh, a, a group I co-lead and then we have different meetings and we, we grew very quickly when I started being one of the co-leaders and we all grew this relationship and it went from me and a few um, older white men to all kinds of people, women, um, black people, all kinds of people in the group, you know, and they helped. We recruit and help other people find other people to go knock doors in those areas. That was work. Number two, the first man I've ever voted for. Number three, I've given money to someone who's a billionaire. I've never given money to anybody like that before. And I gave it to a billionaire for his campaign. Lastly, they sit there and talk about taking our votes away, our rights away. Oh, they're trying to oppress the black vote. You you suppressed my vote when y'all stole it from me. I took that shit personal. And I took it personal when when I saw how Trump responded, even more so. I felt stabbed in the back. Yeah, I think, you know, that's that's what that's what lit a fire under me and anybody in here and they they'll tell you. I was I was more upset that, you know, I you know, I'm just gonna say it, Trump laid down. Yep. Um, you know, I spoke at Rally Shaka after the fact. Talk, stop the still. I went and put my okay. face out there in public for for him to go hide, basically. Yep. 
no, and he left us high and dry. I'll never, if anybody, like I said, I see a lot of faces in here, people I've been knowing for years. Uh, they remember I said, I'm done. Um, that day I said, I said, I'm, I'm done. Um, you know, it's like I, I was a Trump supporter because, you know, he was a man. You know, like I said, you mm-hmm. know, like you want to say he's an alpha or whatever the case be, but he was a man. And after I seen how he just laid down with that, I was like, that, made me you know it's kind of like when i found out wrestling was fake you know <laughs> me like, too oh. i was like, my no. feelings was hurt i'm like no you can go out there and fight <laughs> i was in denial i was like no it's not <laughs> yeah so i was i was you know like i said i don't get hurt too often but um you know that was that's when you know i snapped back from reality and said you know i've always been a people um, oriented person, like only people that's going to save us is us. And right. I got, I got a lot of backlash for it, um, uh, from the Trump, um, Trump, you know, as far as followers and everything else, they called me every name in the book besides the name my mama gave me, you know, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what, that was one thing, you know, like when, whenever I said I was done and now we need to focus on the people, it was like, you know, I did the worst of the worst when actually, um, the the power uh, remains into the people, and I know you talk about that a lot. As far yeah. as you know, us um, challenging, um, you know, for those that don't know her, she talks a lot about us challenging our politicians because um, shit. I'm gonna say 99 percent of them are committing treason. Yes. So that I want to talk about that. Um, when you start digging into the Constitution and you start finding, you know, because Yes, you knew about politics, but when you start digging, knowing about politics and knowing about the Constitution are two different ball games, and that's why I try to tell folks like, this is two different. This is this is watermelon, and these are zucchinis. Uh, you can be into <laughs> politics and not understand the Constitution and understand fundamental laws that people have as we have as citizens in America. So when when you found that, which you know, I believe you probably jumped into that when you start seeing how corrupt everything was. You like, you know what? I don't want to deal with a party. Forget the party. I'm dealing with the people. The people deal with the Constitution. We the people. Um, oh, actually, I actually dug into the Constitution way before I spoke up. Um, okay. That's one of the reasons why I pay attention to politics is because of the Constitution. So, like I said, um, when I got my first paycheck and I saw those taxes that was taken out of it. I was in high school of 16, I believe. And I think I was taking government, a form of government at the time. And I wanted to do research and figure out how I could get out of paying those taxes because they're too high. And so when I was reading the constitution, I was reading and trying to figure out where in the constitution it said that they could take that my money at all. And so whenever I have a problem, I try to go and find and seek the solution to my problem. And so my first problem was um, there's still my money and there's a lot of it. And how do, how do I fix it? So that's why I ever first dug into the Constitution. was like I actually took it serious when I was in school. Okay. Uh, so the Constitution, I jumped into it more younger. Um, it was for other reasons, but then I start reading more and more and more and I figured out you know, just how you figured out that we were being duped by not looking into the Constitution. And then, you know, we were looking more into the politics instead of the Constitution, which, you know, the further they got us away of that, the more that they can um, 
basically mold us to be weak and mold us to, to take yeah. everything, you know, that they wanted to put forward as gold. Um, okay. I got that. Got that part. Um, so when you watch, I want to, hold on. Somebody asked a question. I'm going I'm to slide this in there because I know I'll forget when I start rambling. Um, <laughs> she said, this is Veronique. Um, she said, what books are you reading? Right now, I'm reading the, the Federalist Papers, the Declaration of Independence, and uh, the Bible. Okay. And, I'll, and still the Constitution. I'm referring to certain things and cross-referencing stuff. But, yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. So, can you say that again? Because I know. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, a, I'm just pretty much I'm reading the Bible, the Constitution all the time. Right now, I'm going back and reading the Federalist Papers. Uh, it talks a lot about the, you know, our relationship with foreign po- people and policies and how it affect our um, economy and things like that. But I'm uh, always reading the Constitution and the Bible. But I'm right now working on the Federalist Papers, rereading the the, the uh, excuse me, the Declaration of Independence. And I'm more so right now reading a lot of research back during that time frame. And I'm researching right now also during the civil rights eras of the 1960s for something else that I'm working on. All right. Um, so I know we do like an hour show, so I'm going to jump over some of the little, the little, you know, small questions I had. And I'm just going to, you know, take the gloves off. Um, <laughs> slide. Let me slide these on off real fast. So, she asked, you know, um, what books are you reading? Have you ever thought about writing a book or doing something that, you know, <laughs> that shows the light of you in, in your journey? Uh, yes, I, I do have. Um, I do want to do something like that. But right now I want to write um, my own modern version of the Declaration of Independence from the Democrat and Republican Party. Uh, that's what I want to get published here soon. Actually, personal is going to take a second. And uh, but yeah. OK, so soon enough, we, we I can be, you know, looking at, you know, Barnes and Noble's website and, and order yeah. <laughs> with, with you on it. Uh, actually, yes. Look, OK, yeah. So I was looking into it. I was looking for ways to self-publish it. I was like, I'm not getting an agent. I'm not doing none of that. This is 2022. I'm looking and I realize Barnes and Nobles does self-publishing and I'm like, dang, so that's where I'm going to go with. And it's crazy because Barnes and Noble is like one of my favorite places to go and hang out. Um, I always go and study there. I'll read books, you know, figure out which books I want to buy. Cause like my favorite thing doing period growing up was reading. So I think that's why I love reading and researching so much now. But um, if, if I, Guys, when I have my book on the shelves at Barnes and Nobles, that's gonna be crazy because I always love that store and the smell, the the, the smell of the books. Oh, I love the smell. Sorry. Okay. Um, so, like I said, I'm jumping over my <laughs> other questions. Um, I know we got some callers in here. I don't know who private. We got Cole and private. Say Private's private new. Ryan. Uh, private's okay. from uh, Twitter. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, so. Freedom of speech. Um, how do you feel about that? As far as like, do you see it stripped away? Do you think you know uh, if we don't fight for it, will it be around? Um, uh, we need to fight for it. Of, when you hear freedom of speech, what you think? I feel um, 
I'm sorry. When you want to say something, that you have the right to say it, and I don't have to like it, I don't have to agree with it, but you have the right to say it. And then the fact that I would fight for you to be able to say what you want, regardless if you hate me or not, then that that should show you how other people should get on board with that too. Because here's the thing. If you hate me, you want to see ill on me, then when you speak it freely like you want to, I know to stay the hell away from you. That's that's a very good way to protect yourself is people freely being able to say how they actually feel instead of you walking in a trap. Okay. Yep. Um, I agree with that. Like I said, even if we don't have, um, you know, I don't care if you're racist, not racist, um, same views. I believe yeah. anybody has the right to speak. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a type of person where I don't want this person not to speak because I'm uncomfortable, whatever case be. You have that right to speak. And like you said, I still will fight for you to have that right to speak, no matter if I like it or dislike it. So I'm happy that you said it like that, because I think a lot of us need to get back into that as far as even on left and right. They didn't turn left and right into you can't say this. You can't say that. Right. It's like, you know, I, I think oh. some of them are not even noticing they're doing it. Right. You know, here's the other thing, guys. When you really support free speech, too. Make sure y'all get on the platforms where they actually do have free speech. Support those platforms. Yes, stay on these. But go and support the ones that actually give you the rights you're asking for. I have Gab.com. I like it a lot. It's my second largest platform that I have. And I have a lot of engagement on that platform, too. And you're not censored. You can say what you want to. And by the way, when I ran for office and I put my ads and stuff on Gab.com, I had people on my website the entire day. After the CEO of Gab reposted it and everyone on Gab could see it, my following went up very, very quickly because of Gab. These people seem to be ahead of people when, with politics and Twitter. If I put up something, I said that all all politicians um, who do this should be it should be condemned as treason and they should, be, you know, and get the punishment for that on Gab. They go like, yes, 99 percent agree on Twitter. It's like 70 percent. It's like. It, there's a weird difference when, in the culture and mindset of people who actually do really care about the country. So if you're not on Gab, please get on there. There's a bunch of other ones, but when you hear free speech platforms, please hop on them. Support them. They support you. what you want to do. You should support them. All right. All right. So freedom of speech, uh, I, I think we agree totally on that. Um, you know, like I said, I'm willing, I'm willing to fight for even my oppositions to have a voice. Um, you know, that's just something that I believe is a, a God-given right, not just, you know, uh, politics. Um, the right to bear arms. <laughs> how do you, you know, how do you, you know, teeter on that? Is it, is it you know, something, you know, because we really never talked about it. I actually believe that you should be able to make whatever weapon that you need to be, in order to be able to protect yourself. You want to have a tank in your yard, you should have a tank. If you want to have a machine gun, you can have a machine gun. I believe that um, that there should definitely be training and safety, and I think it should start at a very early age so that people can be, you know, everyone else be safe. Uh, I feel like the government should not be regulating and doing any kind of extra taxing or anything like that. Um, ATF needs to go. Um, it should not. There's no. There should be no infringements whatsoever on your gun rights. And I also have a problem if you serve your time. And you come out of jail or prison, you should have all your rights back. 
you, how, how, how is it that you did your time, but you're still have lost all these other privileges? Now, if you're, if for some reason, if you're a psychomaniac who's a, a serial killer or something, you know, uh, don't, don't, I don't think you should give him machine guns or anything, but like, why are y'all putting back on the streets then? What's the point of putting them in, in the, in the, in the cage, in a cell? And to put them back in, in the humanity and, and everything, if, if things weren't working, so your system's not working, right? So that I, that's my whole thing on that too. Um, it, there should not be any kind of uh, infringement on that whatsoever. I feel like there should be stricter punishments on anyone trying to infringe on any constitutional right, not just the second one. All right, um, I feel the same way you feel. Um, you know me. I believe in gun education. I believe if everybody mm-hmm. normalized guns, we wouldn't have so many, uh, it wouldn't be so many shootings. Um, you know, like I said, um, these shootings come from lack of education, lack of training, uh, lack of knowledge of, you know, what to use them for. So, you know, like I said, if you get in an argument, no, you don't, you know, you don't use your gun for an argument, but most people don't know that. So they believe that a weapon is an offensive weapon. Uh, like you said, if you if you can own a tank, that's your business, you know. But like I said, don't restrict on what I want to buy or what I want to obtain to uh, protect myself and my family. Um, but you know, Shaka, wait a minute. You said if there's a dispute, though, I could have sworn I saw you post something about bringing Dueling back. I'm just saying. You said bringing who back? <laughs> dueling. I duel. You oh, know, yeah. Bring the duels back. That that's in, in in politics. Hell yeah, I would sign. I would <laughs> sign up for the mayor. Ah. I, I would I would sign up for mayor, governor. I would sign. I'll be. I would sign up for president right about now. If they brought the- <laughs> <laughs> bring it back, Dooley, please. Like you know, but I was I was basically when I when I mentioned um, arguments as far as in the black community, we we you know we kill ourselves for the dumbest. Uh, reasons, you know, like I said, as far as, but that's the lack of education of, of knowing that a weapon is a defensive, um, it's a defensive tool, not an offensive tool. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. when it comes to dueling, I ain't, hey, when it, I will be, I will, you will see my name on billboards, shockers running for mayor, shockers <laughs> running like, Bring back Dula to see how many positions I try. <laughs> you know what? You might win. I mean, I can see you definitely winning by a huge landslide. <laughs> hey, but that that would that would keep the creeps out of politics. Wouldn't nobody if you was a creep, you wouldn't mm-hmm. want to be in politics. So that would that would make you be honest. That would bring back the honest politicians. Knowing that, you know, you gotta go out and meet and I slap somebody with my gloves, meet me by sundown. <laughs> like I would man, they would have to kick you think they would they would kick me out the the chambers <laughs> man honestly here's the thing it's it's honestly i think it could be a good idea if people want to choose right to handle their their disagreements like they used to back in the day i mean what what's the what's what 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 if they sign off something and it you know it comes at arena you know like gladiators and stuff you know what i'm saying and then like taxpayers you know, watch them make, you know, make fools of themselves. <laughs> nah. I, Instead, I, when they commit crimes and treason. No, nah, it it would keep down it would keep down a lot of stuff. And you, and if you it go, would if you go back to those times, they didn't really. It wasn't a jail full of you know. They didn't have prisons where it was it was hundreds of thousands of prisoners. Like people knew right. how to act because they knew it was consequences at the end of the day. So you know, like I said, it's like once you make people responsible for their own actions. 
that's when people will react right. And, and, and I always say this in the black community as far as, um, you know, we have projects and programs where we will police our own communities. And when we policed our own communities, guess what? The crime went down. So mm-hmm. <laughs> the, crime, the crime went down significantly, you know, like it went all the way down. And then we start having problems with the police department because the crime went down. And guess what? That's money out of their pocket that they can't bring in revenue because the crime is down. So what we did was we would go around. We would make sure everybody was on their P's and Q's. If we seen you doing something, we'll tell you cut the shit. And that was is that is that simple to fix things, you know? So that's why I try to tell folks when you hold them accountable, they'll move in a different they'll move in a different way. So right. Um. So is it that time? About them. Yeah, you know, like I said, as far as wait, did you have any more questions? You know, I got for you. Well, yeah, one more. Yeah, yeah one, one more. more. Yeah. Okay. Um. For the for my last question, you put me on the spot. For my last question, <laughs> so do you see? Okay, this this is my last question, but I know somebody asked me to ask you this, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna sacrifice my questions to ask you this. Okay. The cows that you see, I think that's in Kansas. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? As far as all the cows that that they seen that just came up just dead in the morning. Wow, it's so crazy that you said that. Um, that's a good question. I really appreciate you for bringing that up. I actually looked into it a little bit. Um, you guys know I, I work with um, a few farmers, and uh, we keep in touch and talk about certain things. And I pay more attention to the agricultural uh, um, industry now because of this. So let me uh, pull something up real quick for you guys. I was doing some research recently. Um, and I came across the uh, Secretary of Agriculture that we have in office under the Biden administration. Uh, he popped up an article. I'm actually planning on talking to you about this on Monday. Um, his name is uh, Tom Vilsick or something, Vilsick, something like that. You guys look it up. But he was also the Secretary he, of Agriculture. Is he, from, is he from Iowa? Yes, he is. <laughs> he was the mayor and he was the governor. Of I, uh, he was a governor of Iowa, and then he was he worked under Obama's administration, um, the two terms as the Secretary of Agriculture back then too. And listen to this, guys. This man posted on his Twitter account two days ago. He just met with the cattlesmen. The cattlesmen, if you the, the tag on there, click on their profile, click on their website. They have their DC address because I guess they have lobbyists, and then their actual members' address, which is in Kansas. So, oh, just a, almost a day after that happens, this happens. All these cows dies after the, the what is it? What do you call that guy? The the death guy who walks around the robes is just, just walk by and die. Like he was just there the day before this the happened. Grim, the, grim, the Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper. Either they went to Washington and talked to him, or he went there. They had a meeting uh, just a few days ago, and then the next day, I guess, boom, all these cows are dead. You could even make it less obvious. I'm sorry. Allegedly, I just don't see a coincidence in that. But I'm sorry. It was a, that was my response. I think they're killing our animals so we can starve, so they can control us. Yes. Okay. So, like I said, with that situation, I'm glad you uh, were straightforward with it because 
I think some people are still saying that um, I'm seeing arguments saying it was the heat. Nope. And, You're lying. It's yeah. news, man. Yeah. And like no said, way. No, nah, I'm from Iowa, so um, I do know when cow when we see cows, you know that that kick the bucket, they kick the bucket in a different manner. Those those cows that you see went through a shock. Um, you can you can tell just with their legs and everything else. Yep. Um, it was it was it was like a instant shock type, you know, trauma, trauma. You know, I don't know if they use what. We're not about to sit back and say what we think they use, but they use something that the um, the cows went through trauma. Those were not just cows laid down from exhaustion or heat. So, and here's the thing: if uh, if, if it's tw- if it's two thousand cows, you're just saying, oh, it was just. Let me tell you this. First of all, if someone has 2,000 cows like that, I'm, I'm assuming there may be like a corporate kind of location. You know, Kansas is the third largest livestock area in the United States. Uh, t- uh, Texas and um, what's the other state? I, I, have, I have a screenshot from my notes earlier. Another state that has one, you know, but Kansas is top three biggest in livestock. This is 2,000 cows. This happened to in the Midwest from heat, humidity. This isn't like it's somewhere super, super hot. Like, I don't know. But the fact that it happens, it's happened like that all of them at once. Mm-mm. That doesn't make sense. Oh, one more thing. If it was a small farmer, they, they might try to say they did something wrong to those animals to take their property and all the rest of the animals that have. But corporations, oh, no, it was the weather. I, I want you all to pay attention how they make stories for some people and the other people, by the way. They want to blame against the people who have those cows, but, they, but they're blaming climate right now for them, for them. Okay, so Sorry. Go ahead, I, I wanna, I wanna, you know, like I said, I know you gotta get out of here, but this is for me because you said something and and now it sparked my my you know interest on this. Um, when you looked into me personally, when I looked into the climate uh, proposition that they had, um, I think it's like three years ago, probably like three to four years ago, uh, they they um, propositioned a bill for the climate control. If you look through it, they were trying to get rid of. Um, us eating eating um, beef mm-hmm. for the beef and the cow farts and all this other stuff is like yeah everything that we're seeing yeah everything that we're seeing now is climate control related from the gas prices being high because they don't want us you know um, riding around and getting it you know they don't want us doing that they want <laughs> they want us paying the most for the gas um, so they can try to get the um, the electric um, the power of uh, solar vehicles and, and electric vehicles, they're trying to bring that in. And then it's like, how do you usher that in? By saying gas is too expensive and everything else. And with the um, mm-hmm. with the meat, the meat situation, they want to make the meat um, scarce so they can they can basically, you know, higher the prices. You know, now they got an excuse why the price of beef would be high. So I just wanted to say that as well. I want to add this to you guys on that note. Um, research and look up Argentina and these other countries um, where they were rich and have everything. And then now they're really poor and there's nothing. People are starving um, from how the government changed everything. I was doing some digging. I was looking back and I saw back in 2002 and nine and stuff that Argentina, they had the same things happening. The animals just mysteriously like all of a sudden dying. Or or being or somehow having certain diseases and they just die um, right before they have their communist takeover. These patterns are here; they repeat themselves. They're getting it from the same playbook. 
Argentina and Venezuela. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with my question. Um, you know, <laughs> Me too. Hard. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I don't know if you, you want to do what you got to do now. I'm handing it back over to you. You got the keys back. I'm going to jump in the passenger seat. No, you're good. No, I like it. You stay where you're at. Cole's next and then private. Hey, Cole. Paige and Cole. Brett Row. Let's get private. Oh, there he is. So, yes. I was looking at um, the brain surgeon. The brain surgeon in the primary Ben Carson. Mm-hmm. At first. Because I know brain surgeons are smart, they know how things are, but he didn't have enough fight. He didn't be, he wasn't effective enough. He didn't fight back like he could. Well, Trump fought back every moment he got the mic. So, that told me, like, alright, is the drawing lion? He's not part of the. part of the crowd. He's a businessman and stuff. Uh, court the 2016 was the first lesson that was voted in and stuff. Now I am old enough to learn finally. Um, so I am working for how can people resonate with other people now? And boy, we totally need to look into what school, um, what these schools are doing for their, um, Um, what am I trying to say? The, um, the function of, see if there's constitutional courses in the, in the grade school. If not, they can get rid of it. So you're saying that we should teach the Constitution in grade school, or the school the school should be getting we should get rid of that school? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it I think it should be taught really early. Yeah, like started like in fifth grade because let me find it. I can't 
I can't keep the kid under five hours to play chess. But five and up, I can keep them out to play chess. Mm-hmm. And, and, and because they built that understanding in those years, so they know what is going on in front of them, so they understand it better. Hey, Cole, that's actually, that's a good point, because you think about it, the ones who are in office, we have the same politicians and the kids they have, and their kids keep on getting in office, like there's some kind of royalty or something. They train and raise their kids to be who they are today, and they're the ones ruling over us. So if you did teach your kids early what, what to look out for, actually learn their rights, their liberties, and their freedoms, so they won't consent to things um, ignorantly, because they don't know better. That's a good point because these politicians, you know, they are grooming their children to be in these positions, obviously, because look at what they're doing. Just like Shaka was saying earlier, people have particular resumes. They have their kids' lives planned ahead on time to make sure that they hit that crown. And they're part of royalty here in America. So, Cole, that's a very good point. Um, And we should really think about that Um, when, you know, people are like, oh, I don't know if it's too early. No, start now. I'm quite sure they had some kind of record playing in the belly. Well, the kid was in there to become the next uh, Hitler or something. I don't know. But, yeah. Cole, good point. Hey, let's get over to private next. Uh, but, Cole, thank you yeah. so much for coming and dropping but, those gems. I appreciate you. But here's, here's what we got. I said, I, I'm sorry, Cole. I said the next person. I'm so sorry, dear. Um, private, are you there? Oh, uh, okay. There you are. Just trying to figure out this thing. I didn't yep, it's think a little different. Yeah. I thought you for sure were a Ron Pollard. You know what I mean? I was very surprised when uh, you weren't. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> you thought anyway, what? That you voted for Ron Paul and did all that stuff because I was. Oh, no, no. I, I He's the first one I liked. But, yeah, I paid attention to him, listened to him a lot. But, like I said, I was a. Freshy um, and voting and everything, and I was I was convinced the whole, oh, you know, if you vote for him, then you're taking a vote from the other two parties. I fell for that bullcrap really early, but I learned my lesson early on, but later on. But yeah, I was a, I liked him, and that's one of the reasons why I did like his son because like his son kind of reminded me of him, but not really, not 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 so much nowadays. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you really want to change a schooling system, I kind of posted something. In the chat box, anyways, uh, we get these uh, groups together and have like these little schoolhouses, I guess, like three or four parents yeah. maybe, and you get like-minded uh, individuals and share the costs to lower the costs. A lot of parents can't afford homeschooling and they don't have time, but if they can share the costs, you know, it can take it away from the public schools and eventually bankrupt them and. You know, and force them to uh, go back to teaching math and and science instead of genders and pronouns and horse crap like that. And yeah. It, that's probably the, the best way to do it to the education system because it's not going to change from the top down. You know, if you run for president, if you were a governor, I don't know if you uh, was a minute guy that. One Minnesota governorship, uh, Jesse Ventura. 
uh, he, he had the CIA at his office asking questions and, and Jesse, you know, being smart and all knows that the CIA cannot operate legally on uh, U.S. soil. And if you were to run for president or someone else, say uh, Shaka or any other speakers that were on the other day, I'm sorry, if you get, were a threat, like you said, they would just get rid of you. Like That's that's why they didn't let Ron Paul go any further. He was a threat. You know, he, he would have changed everything. Then why is Donald Trump still alive? Because he's not a threat. He's part of the system. He uh, promotes vaccines, as you saw. Yeah, he's- yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, people can be people can have different ways they can be threatened. Just there's people do it, and to to for someone to stick their neck out and then for someone to come up and be like, oh, if you if you were really a threat, they would have took you out. No, they they can torture you first and take everything you have and fuck with your life and your reputation before they take you out. So they can still mess with you. These people are evil. We, you know, sometimes it's hard for us not to see that because we're not evil. I agree. I just that Trump has a lot to lose and, and him constantly talking about vaccines, even though a lot of people boom at his rallies, you know, as soon as he did that warp speed, it's just like, that was a huge turnoff for me. Like I liked it yeah. at first. It, it, once that but happened, the thing I'm is, like, but the thing is, Trump is uh, apparently a threat, a problem because they hate him and discuss him every single day. But they haven't killed him yet, so that doesn't mean he's not a threat. This means he's better off alive. They don't want people um, murdering him and looking at him. If someone has some hero that died fighting for liberty, they couldn't do that. That's why he's. That's probably right. why he's still here. They don't want. They don't want uh, someone that people can look up to. That's mm-hmm. he's alive. You know, maybe he's doing this uh, underhandedly, like he's pretending to be on their side. I don't know his whole game. I can't. I'm not, not going to guess. I'm just going to go off what I see until I see okay. otherwise. <laughs> that's why when he started pushing that warp speed thing, that was a huge turnoff. And it's just, I don't know why he just let it happen. Like, there's actually in the Constitution, which I'm sure you were well aware of this, that he can activate the militia. He could have activated the militia when he had the power and secure the Republic, you know, and he could have got well, some milk. Well, private, now. here's the thing. I think that we have to move past the could have, what he could have did, what he should have did. He didn't, right? And I think that we should re- remember those things and not forget them if he runs back and runs again in 2024. Because... If they stole the election from you while you're in the White House, while you have the military, all that stuff, what makes you think that you're going to win in 2024 with you not being in office? And they took it from you. The people who took it from you are sitting there. I don't see um, that election, the 2024 election or this one coming up being much of anything. I think if anything, you guys really need to focus on a solution on getting our system corrected and our government back. Because if you keep participating in their their fairy tale illusion that we're voting for something when we're not, then we're just going to keep doing the same thing they want us to do. Um, I'm not saying, oh, don't go vote or anything like that, but we shouldn't really be talking about elections that much. Like, who? What are we voting for? Freaking just criminals? 
I mean, you guys, well, not you, but people in general don't look up on Ballotpedia and look up everyone who's running. They pay attention whoever the establishment puts on TV. Because when they're right. talking about Dr. Oz and they're talking about um, Kathy Barnett and they're talking about McCormick, there was like five other people that were running for that race and they didn't talk about them one time in that primary because the media didn't put attention on them. The public figures didn't talk about them. So we have to ourselves have to get activated and paying attention. And really, when you see a candidate you like, make sure everyone else likes them too and fight for them and get them in. And please get them in because you never know. They might get targeted. But, hey, we're going to get to Robert next private. I appreciate your time and you dropping your gems. Glad you came to the show tonight. It's been nice. Thank you. No problem. Hey, Robert, you're last the person because uh, it's been over an hour, going on an hour and 17 minutes. By the way, I did not um, do my sound effect today, but if you can, if you would like to, we do have, I do take uh, tips on here. There is no monetization option here, but I will put them in the chat how you can if you want to. And if you can, that would be great. That's the sound effect for it with this ex- Nice little board that Colin gave me so I can speak clear to you guys and not sound like a robot anymore. But thank you guys for being here. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Yeah, so the, the guy was just talking about Trump. Here's here's what burns me about Trump. I, I was talking to someone earlier today um, who I know she's all she was also a Trump supporter, but. Uh, but we both agree on this: that January six was was it was bad enough what happened on January six and the fact that the FBI was was colluding with Antifa to discredit Trump supporters. But th- but what really pissed me off was that Trump didn't do shit to protect his own people. I mean, he threw he threw them under the bus because think about it. Trump Trump has is a multimillionaire. He can afford lawyers that we don't even have access to. Uh, we probably don't even know the the he we don't even know the names of some of those people that he has access to. So he could have easily dealt with that situation with the Department of Corrections and how they were calling his people cult members and and how the Department of Corrections lady is still demanding that people denounce the cult just to get access to a lawyer, which, by the way, is obviously unconstitutional, but nobody gives a shit. But Trump, he could have done something. Uh, I mean, why didn't he speak out? I think what happened was that he was shitting his pants when he realized that his career in politics was destroying his business, so he chose his business first. Uh, because, uh, you know, because think about it. Trump Towers was losing what they, they, he, they were losing a lot of money when he became president because of his, his policies were pop, very popular overseas. And popular with part of America, but also, but very unpopular with the business sector in America. So, uh, so I think in the end, and also he didn't want to go up against the vax, uh, the vaccine manufacturers. I mean, the vaccine mandates, he was part of that. You know, we can't divorce 
him from the vaccines because Operation Warp Speed was his project. And so I remember he's the one who told us, oh, Moderna is safe. Trust me. Yeah, right. Okay. Then why do I... Well, then why did I develop hypothyroid conditions as a result of the two shots? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Trump. Fuck you, too. But, uh, you know, uh, and, and then all these reports of myocarditis, blood clots. I mean, for God's sakes, at what point in history have we had five-year-olds taking blood clot medication. I mean, that used to be reserved for like 40, 50, 60 year olds and up. You know, we didn't, we didn't have the kind of problems we do. So if anybody here is still worshiping Trump, I suggest you go to the federal, uh, I, you go to the DC prison and ask to talk to some of those people mm. Who have, who are still in prison for January 6th, ask them what they think of Trump. Because I, I, I wouldn't even blame them at this point if they said fuck Trump. To rot. That's inexcusable. Man, uh, there we go. Exactly what y'all expect. Flamethrower. Let's see if. Uh, where, where are my flames at? Wait, what happened to them? There they are. There you go. Dropping the flames. But hey, uh, Joe Citizen, the whole GOP. Okay. Mm. Oh, and I was telling you guys, again, I am so happy y'all hanging out with us. You know what this reminds me of? Kind of, Fathers, um, they did a lot of their discussions and plannings and everything in the pubs and they had all their discussions. This is like us kind of moderately modern day doing it, but on a a podcast instead of, you know, in a pub because we're all over the, the, we're all over across the nation. You know, never know who's listening across the globe, but it's like, we're all at our our Patriot pub, you know, it feels like a Patriot pub. That's exactly um, how I view everything as far as like, this is our our, our meetup. Like, it's like, this is our meetup that, you know, we just done digitally. So, yeah, you know, uh, these discussions, uh, you know, bring in new people, um, challenge, you know, like I said, as far as challenge their their core values on what they believe, and, uh, you know, that's where change comes in. So. Yeah, and make sure you guys, you know, share the podcast. Tell everyone you know about it, you know, because I don't want to just have it just to talk to ourselves. You know, we, we need to make this, the movement grow. You know, and then think about this too, you guys. We're all part of something already. You know, right? You know, we have uh, good intentions. We're actually here for their, our, our kids, their future kids, our communities. We're here for really those things. And you know, where other people lie about it and say, "Oh, we're here for you," and they're not. At least we know that we truly are. And the fact that you guys are here on in the evening, you can be doing something else. But y'all are here right now. It's a blessing. I thank God so much that you guys were here tonight. I really do appreciate you guys. And I don't have my anthem because I'm not for sure what's going on with my sound because I may have messed up something. But I want to thank everyone for being here. I like to go through the list of people I can see. I see John, Soul, Wanderer. Is that Ver... Ver... I, I don't know. 
just say Veronique. Veronique? Veronique? Yeah. I hate to missay your name incorrectly. I'm sorry, but it's pretty, though. I like what it looks like. Um, Bella, Gerald, Edra, Gwendolyn, James, Private Joe, Mistress, Ion, I think I said that right. I hope I did. Joe, Vendran, Izzy, Trice, and the last person I can see is Veronica. Robert, thank you so much for speaking, and Cole, and Private, thank you all for contributing to the conversation. Shaka, that was really good. I might have to have you uh, help me with other interviews in the future uh, on other things, because like that felt so natural. A couple of times, I'm like, wait a minute, what's he going to ask me? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I, said, I, I appreciate it, but uh, you know, like I said, as far as thank you for allowing me to um, you know, do what you, you know, let me do today. So I'm, I'm grateful. Um, I think a lot of people got to see, you know, your political stance on how, you know, you started off, um, what, what inspired you to go. And they learned about your, um, uh, you know, as far as your, I guess you want to say the attempt in politics where you learned the, the ins and outs. So I said, I appreciate you. Thank you always. And like she said, could you please share the, uh, the podcast so we can, we can continue to grow. Um, you don't have to, you know, one person bring one person, one person bring one person that shows yes. growth. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, having discussions with each other is okay and good, but we need to start bringing in new blood where we, where we can challenge them and they can challenge us. So I appreciate y'all. Appreciate you guys. Bye.